0: And
1: uh, so
0: Cutie and I I really enjoyed whenever we did the uh, uh, marriage series together and taught it together. And so as I was laying out this series, I was like, I want to do one of these because we do not parent alone. Now, some of you awesome individuals are parenting alone, and my hat is off to you. And so in this what you want to do as we talk about parenting together i want you to embrace the fact that god is your partner in this okay and that you want to be in unity and you want to be connected and you want to lean on the counsel and lean on god that he is your partner in parenting and that but if you're a married couple that all of a sudden you have an earthly partner as well in parenting and being on the same page together is a really, really, really big deal. And so if you've got your bulletin open, if you've got your Uversion app, we're just going to go ahead and jump into today's teaching. And we keep coming back to this concept that in its joys and struggles, the parent-child relationship reveals God's heart towards us. That He first and foremost wants us to call Him Father. When Jesus taught His disciples how to pray, He said, first say, Heavenly Father... He wants us to interact with Him as Daddy, as Heavenly Father. And so we've got to understand that God's at work there. But then as we're parents, we have to do this thing together. And the together part can be challenging. Um, Because if you have two individuals who are intelligent individuals, who are able to assess a situation... Come up with a plan of action, come up with different things, and somehow not arrive at the same conclusions all the time. And somebody's right and somebody's still learning. It's not right and wrong, it's it's, it's learning. And so, but we come to a place of doing this together. And it's amazing that how, especially when the kids are involved, all of a sudden you can end up with very different experiences.
1: So a few months ago, well, it was back in February, Pastor Brandon and I had the opportunity to, the two of us to fly to Florida, and we were spent a few days on the beach, and then we were not that far, not that far from Disney. And so I said, we're not going to be that far. Let's, Let's go back. Because we went, we took the five oldest when we were on our road trip for the year. In our RV, motorhome, whatever you want to call it. Our big rock star bus is what the Clarks called it. And so I said, I just want to go back. And we just had one day, so we went and <laughs> we, did, we decided to do Magic Kingdom. Now, I'm going to tell you, I am worse than the kids at or to think about Disney, they give you the little, what?
0: Pixie dust.
1: I know what it's called. I'm just looking at your face. It's they confetti. They give you the little confetti and confetti they tell you people. it's pixie dust. And so they give it to you at the gate and my kids are like, oh, that's cool. And I was over there going, woo, woo, woo.
0: She really was. was I was.
1: I mean, come on. How many times control, in your life do you get the chance to go to Disney? And you have to make it what it is. I mean, it is phenomenal. So I was like, Brandon, we have to go back. And he was like, cutie, I was like, we have to go back. We have to do this. You do
0: realize we're in our 40s and there are no children.
1: Right. And so we get there and we're walking around, and I was like, is that new? No, it was here. I was like, are you sure? Yep. So we walk on away so I was like, okay, this is my favorite area. I remember this area. Let's let's go over there. So we go over there and I was like, is that new? And he said, "No. And it was here." I was like, "Are you sure?" "Yes, cutie. I'm sure." We rode my favorite little dinky ride that I liked that the little when the little when Carson and Lulu were little and they couldn't ride all the rides. We rode this one little ride a lot. Well, everybody went, oh, went and rode the big rides. And so we're riding around, and I saw something else. I was like, is that new? And he was like, oh, my gosh. It was all here when we came. There's and nothing was like, new. There was, I was like, I, I really think you're wrong. I just don't remember this. And so there's, like, this area. I don't remember what it's called now, like something acre. The 100-acre wood. 100-acre wood. And it's at nighttime, and so the, all the lights are on, and I'm like, "This is awesome. This is so beautiful." And so, and he was like,
0: "It was here." Then and I, I like, then we realized. I think it was there. I was like, "Okay, I realized." This, okay, "This is our first time without children," and so so
1: I'm not looking down. So
0: she's she was the road mothering. The the last time she was completely focused on the kids. Was
1: this, this was me. So anything about, up, uh, I was like, this is awesome. He was like, that's not new.
0: She was so focused on the kids, she missed the bulk of it. I
1: missed Disney.
0: Now, here's what's sad, is I remembered everything. <laughs> So who was being the parent on that last trip? Apparently, it
1: was always the parent.
0: It was her. <laughs> and so, but it's amazing how also you can have the same exact experience, and one is focused over here, and another is sadly focused somewhere else, and, and, and you miss different things. And being hyper focused on the kids can all of a sudden change your experience together. And so we want to really make sure in doing this in parenting together and speaking to the the people who are parenting alongside another parent, that we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of being this together. That one has their view of the kids and another have their view of the kids and you just kind of divide and conquer and, and what you look up is you're divided. And what we need to do is make sure that we are together. Let's look at Psalm 22, verse 30 and 31. It says, Posterity will serve him. This is the heart of God. Future generations will be told about the Lord. Man, as Christ-centered parents, we want that. We want our future generations to, be, to know about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn That he has done it. As parents, we want that. We want our kids and our lineage and our grandkids and and our great-grandkids to understand who Jesus is and what he's done. And I've really had us come back to the message translation over again. and, And I love the way that reads.
1: It says, our children and their children will get in on this as the word is passed along from parent to child. Babies not yet conceived will hear the good news that God does what he says. So that takes us to our first point. Parenting together requires pursuing unity.
0: Requires pursuing it. Uh, Agreement is not automatic. It's not automatic. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we played with that whole Laurel Yanny thing, and, and, and we had half the room hear Laurel and half the room hear Yanny and it was the exact same sound waves and it was the exact same stuff and there were strong opinions on each side of the deal of what you heard. It's so easy with life to do that and to just look at your your, your spouse and go I just don't understand how you can see this scenario and come up with your way of handling this. This makes no sense to me. And the other person go, okay, well, you've lost your mind because you're not doing that with my kids. And you're like, well, wait a minute. They're my kids too. And, and all of a sudden you get sideways with one another. And you have to pursue. You have to pursue uh, agreement. It's not automatic.
1: Um, Ephesians three says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through
0: the bond of peace. You have to do it. You have to make effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You have to work at it. And especially with the kids because guess what? It's not two people who have wills and ideas about things. Now you've got these other people, maybe (laughs) other person, that they have a will. And they're trying to get their way on things as well. And it's just amazing. And and you come to agreement, and you set up a boundary, and you set up a barrier, and you say, this is who we are, and this is how far it goes. And guess what? Those smart little kids begin to find a way around the boundary. Yesterday morning, I was I had to leave kids camp a little early. I came back for a team meeting, and as I'm driving early in the morning, the deer are just finishing up their their. They're grazing out, and they're all the, the, the deer are moving around. And I'm driving down the highway, and I see these, these this deer jumps the fence. Those two little bounces and jumps the fence. And another one follows it, and it's like they're just playing this weird little game. And it's like four of them in a row. Jump, bounce, bounce, jump. Jump, bounce, bounce, jump. Jump, bounce, bounce, jump. And as I'm driving up, I'm like, what is going on? It's just this little conga line of deer Jumping over the same stuff. And it is like, what is happening here? And as I drive up I and I see the last one coming over, there's a big high fence between, between two pieces of property that on the highway are both low fence. And these deer had gone over into this farmer's field and were eating all his stuff. And they come over to the corner, jump the low fence, take two steps, jumped the other fence, and went to the other property. And some genius thought that they had put up this expensive high fence and had the, everything answered. And they had the barrier there. But the deer were smart enough to do the work around. We'll end up with that with our, with our kids. And all of a sudden we'll find, as they're trying to work around the barriers, they will try to work one parent against the other parent and we have to make sure we walk together in a place of unity Colossians chapter 3 I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna put change one word and I'm not messing with the text people I'm not messing with the text but I just want it for emphasis let's look at Colossians chapter 3 it says therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness patience you know, kids' camp, that sounds like the fruit of the spirit, what we just learned about. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, now for this, instead of God's chosen. People, I'm going to change that to a different P word. Let's read this together from a parent perspective. God's speaking to us. Therefore, as God's chosen parents, as God's chosen parents. If you have kids, God did not give them to you accidentally. Embrace that you have a God assignment to be that parent. Maybe you adopted children. Maybe all of a sudden you came into it and you've, been, you've married in and now there's a blended family. But as you believe in that God has led you together. If you are in a parent role in a kid's life, believe that God has put you there and there is an assignment to do it. Embrace it. And in that, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Just like God's chosen people, God's chosen parents. Holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourself with compassion. I have to clothe myself with compassion towards my wife. With kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. i got to bear with her. She's got to bear with me. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone in this parenting thing we're going to have grievances against one another there's times she's called me to the carpet on my role as dad there's times that she's like brand come on come on dad come on and there's been times that we have to to coach one another and and have issues with one another it's going to happen and the scriptures speak to this says forgive as God forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. See, the, the strongest place to parent is parent from a strong marriage. That's why we, before we got into the parenting series, we did the marriage series last, <clears throat> last fall. Because the foundation to be able to do this, if you're doing this actively together as a married couple, you need to do it from a strong foundation. Now, I'm not the most coordinated, gifted dancer in the world. So if you went to one epic night, you saw my one attempt at, at public dancing. And so, but Cutie and I, Cutie and I do love to, uh, when we get to to go to the reception sometimes after a wedding. And so we always love it when we play a little, uh, play a little country music and get to do a little two-stepping. And so... Uh, Anyways, Cutie's very patient with me. She's a much better dancer than I am. And so we got out there in two-step, and I'm having to count, you know, do it in my head. There's no conversation on the dance floor. It's all thought and sadly real rigid. And, uh, and so, but we do enjoy it. But as I was thinking about this, um, about the firm foundation, I thought about trying to do that, trying to, to dance together in two-step in mud. And all of a sudden, as you're leaning and you're putting pressure on one another, and as you're trying to lead and guide and twirl and do those different things and put pressure on one another, if, that, if you're in mud, you're both going to end up flat on your face. If your foundation is not there and you're trying to do something together and it's just slick and it's not solid, you're going to, all of a sudden, something that should have been enjoyable is now stressful Parenting together can be enjoyable if you're doing it from a solid foundation. But then you got a good old solid dance floor. Well, now you can have some fun. And now you can begin to do some twirls and enjoy and have that. But if you don't have a good foundation, it is extra difficult. The next thing we want to talk about is that in this, you're going to have to show respect for the other one. Respect for the other one.
1: Don't walk in or overturn the other parent. What? That's what the notes say. I'm just going off of that. I'm not suggesting that you do that, dear.
0: This is a hard one. This is a hard one because there's, there's times that you make a decision. And, and one of the most difficult things is when you think you know what the other person thinks. And so you make the decision based on that. And so and, um, and you're like, okay, well, I think I've got it in their head and that we're on the same page here. And, and then you find out you are not on the same page. Um, there's more information that needs to be brought out. And so one of the things in respecting one another is that you have to actually want to know what the other person thinks about this scenario. And so um, often, all the time, my kids know. You know, it's not, it's not an uncommon thing. They come and ask me about something that says, well, what does your mom think about that? Did, did you talk to your mom? Or if I know they haven't talked to your mom, it's like, look, let me, let me talk this over with your mom, you know. And so I, I'd seen on, uh, you know, i seen online this little, uh, uh, this little quote where this dad is talking to this little girl and, and said, um, you know, the girl says, hey, dad, can I have some candy? He says, well, what, is, what did your mom say? And of said, said, no. He says, well, what does that mean? She goes, well, she ain't the boss of you. Hmm, so, what do I do here? And so, and men, they will. They'll try the workaround. They'll try the workaround. And so, we need to be conscious. And part of respecting is having that place in your heart that you want to know what they think about it. Let's just think about this, okay? Guys, okay? Let's think about you're working on a, a project of some kind. Maybe you are uh, messing with the house and you have an issue that needs to be dealt with, okay? then you're going to call someone that you respect to get their input on how to do it. You may actually handle it different, but you're going to ask them what they think. okay? If I'm tinkering with a car, I'm not a great mechanic, I'm going to call somebody that I respect they have to, what they have to say. That's the way we're going to do this. okay? Ladies, you'll have other issues that you'll get counsel from people you respect. It's an easy thing to get the input from someone that you respect there. It's not hard. We need to make sure that when it comes to dealing with our children, that we see the other person as this other person with all of this experience with that make and model. Nobody understands the Keenan like his mama. And so we. it should be an easy thing for me to go, hey, we're going to do this. Hey, what, what do you think? Nobody understands the little calling like Mama does. Hey, it should be an easy thing for me to ask her opinion. It's not that all of a sudden that what I think doesn't count. It's now I'm respecting what she has to say. And I genuinely want that input. Yes, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ." Now, I put my own little note on here because I want to tell the ladies. I just want you to notice that finally the submit is coming to the husband. Submit, men.
0: So submit to one another. Submit. To one another. It's not just all of this authoritative thing. Just one
1: time. (laughs) Just one time.
0: In fact, as you just continue to read the next 12 verses in that, the next 12 uh, verses of Ephesians chapter 5 deal with the husband-wife relationship. On loving and honoring and respecting and all of those different things. But it starts with submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ.
1: Submitting here doesn't mean that you lose your voice. It means that you're truly listening to the other one. Now, I'm going to tell you that I always enter a thing pretty sure I know how it's going to turn out. However I say. That in my mind, that's the way it's going to go. And one of the things that I, I was always really good at listening to Bran, and I don't know, at one point, I learned how to do his little trick of tune people out. And so I would be like, I would, I guess, learn to tune him out and not hear him. I'd be like, but no, but this is the way it has to go. And I had to reteach myself. I had to catch myself doing it first. And then I had to teach myself to stop and listen to him to what he was saying, like not to just let him talk and then be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I got this. But I had to listen to him and hear his point of view. It's important. You have to work that muscle as well, that one that makes you go, yes. (laughs) And listen. I'm talking to the men, too, because y'all hear our voice. I'm just going to let you know that Yanny Laurel thing. I didn't hear either word.
0: (laughs) I heard my own word. She heard Larry or something like that. I did.
1: And he said, raise your hand if you hear this. I was like, I didn't hear either. But then I realized this: that he has, for him to hear whatever the word was, it has to be lower or higher. I can't remember. But I was like, that's why you don't hear me, because I don't speak in that tone. So that's
0: why you now go... Brand
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is something we have to on purpose do <laughs>
0: It very much is it very much is also something that we have learned in going back and forth is that whether it on, on so many different levels um there'll be sometimes we we'll just look at the situations differently, and so. Whether it was attire that was appropriate to wear or, or something, some sort of activity, whatever. You just, lots and lots and lots and lots of decisions. We learned early on that what we were going to do is we were going to defer to the one with a, what we call the stronger conviction. That if somebody says, you know, okay, well, I, I feel like we need to hold to here. And I'm like, well, I really feel like it's, you know, there's some more space. Let's, let's do that. We go with the person that has the stronger conviction. And part where we get that is Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 is talking, and Paul is here dealing with the area of food. Because the, the Hebrews had very, very strict religious diet. And then all of a sudden, here he's talking to these Gentiles. And then there's a lot of food that was sacrificed to idols. There's a lot of pagan stuff and, and all sorts of things. And so it all of a sudden becomes, this food thing becomes a part of worship and, and, and very legalistic But I think we can really glean something from this passage of Scripture. And here in in, uh, verse 13, Paul writes to the Roman believers and he says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Man, that's one of the first places. If we can just quit judging each other as a parent and just work together, that'll just help a ton. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. I know this sounds a little creepy, but in the kingdom aspect... Your husband or spouse is your brother or sister in Christ. And you want to work with their relationship with God as well. He says, I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. So he's saying all, all food's good. There's nothing unclean. There's nothing bad. You're, just, you're not going to put something in your mouth that all of a sudden is going to offend God. Okay, D- Chill out. He's, but there are people who don't see it that way. And we're going to deal with people, and people are more important than the diet. So let's look at dealing with people instead of just choosing to just eat whatever the heck we want to eat. It says if your brother or sister is distressed, if it freaks them out because of what you eat, then you're no longer acting in love. You're now saying, you know what, I'm going to eat my bacon right in your face um, because I can. And it's stressing somebody out. You know what? He says, you know what? You're being a jerk with your bacon. Yeah, you can eat the bacon. But, you know, quit being a jerk with your bacon. You know, just don't eat it around them. You know, don't blow the smoky bacon smell in their face. Don't do that. <laughs> and so you're not acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. There's This thing, this, somebody has a strong conviction, it bothers them. That they want to do this. Guess what? There's certain things that maybe your spouse says, you know, I think we not, don't need to let our kids watch anything beyond rated G. And then the other parent says, you know what? There's some PG movies that are just fine. You know what? We chose. You know what? You have the stronger place. I'm going to defer to you, and we're going to go with the G. We're not going to go with my more permissive PG. And so we begin to walk in that so that we can defer to one another. Therefore, do not let what you know to, <clears throat> is good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, to mutual building up. All of a sudden, if now, if I am pulling her in my direction, I'm not building her up anymore. If she's pulling me into her dress, she's not building me up anymore. So we begin to go. Okay, if whoever is, you know, if, if she's like, I think they can stay out till eleven. Well, I want them home at ten thirty. Ten thirty, it is.
1: But We're it's go not with strong- going with the stronger personality. Not the
0: stronger personality.
1: It's not. It's going with who has the stronger conviction. In our home, I am the modesty police, and I do not know where our kids got long legs. I guess from him, but there are shorts that look great on someone of my stature, and on someone with long legs, they do not look, I mean, they look great, but they look really great, and I feel like it might be a little too great, and we go with how I feel, or what, how I see it, and there are things about schoolwork, these are really two things that we struggle with, or deal with. And Pastor Brennan believes that you should have your schoolwork done like five days before it's due, and I'm like, what's wrong with five minutes before it's due? I mean, there's plenty of time. We've got plenty of time, but we go with what, how he feels, so that our kids are well prepared. So it's not the stronger personality, right? It's the stronger conviction.
0: And then the last thing we want to kind of focus on there's so many different things but the last one is just pray together Um, and so with that um, first off when you're praying prayer should be one of the most purest expressions of your heart Um, if you're new to this prayer thing um, let prayer be that first and foremost Um, if you're like I'm uncomfortable praying out loud just let your heart speak to God okay just let that forget all the fancy religious words throw all that mess out and just let it speak to God and just your desires, your frustrations, your struggles, all those things, and go to a heavenly father that you know cares about you and cares about your kid. And it's amazing that there are times that where we are at odds with one another, we're fine like fine. Let's just pray about this. And as she begins to pray her heart, and I begin to pray my heart, as we're both pursuing the heart of God, it's amazing that we can find ourselves in a place of agreement so much faster as we begin to try to find agreement around the heart of God instead of convincing her that my way is right or her convincing me that her way is right. We're like, let's try to see what God has in store for this. And it's amazing how much progress we can get in that.
1: 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 19 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit.
0: One of the things that can so, I believe, can so easily begin to quench what the Spirit of God is doing in our life. It's not being in a regular place of prayer. This pray continually doesn't mean that you're always in a little prayer posture. It means you're talking about it all the time. So here's what I want to challenge us as parents. It's easy for us to pray for our kids when they're driving us up the wall or there's some sort of problem or there's some sort of tension. It's real easy for us to go, oh, yeah, let's talk to God. But I want to encourage you on this. Let's pray for your kids regularly, especially when nothing is going wrong. Pray for them. We have prayer partners who are up here on a regular basis. I want to encourage you periodically as parents, just come up here, talk to one of these prayer partners, say, you know what, life is going pretty good. I just want some agreement. Let's just pray for my kids. I just want to pray for our children, just that God's hand will be on them, and just pray for them. And that will keep you in a constant place of praying for because guess what it's amazing how God will speak to you about what needs to happen and, and begin to deal with things in advance instead of moving from parental crisis to parental crisis all of a sudden you begin to invite what God is doing on a daily active basis the Holy Spirit is trying to work here through you and we quench the Holy Spirit by not including Him on a daily basis that's why we pray continually That's why the scripture says that. So I want to encourage you. If you're involved in a small group, then periodically say, you know what? I just want to, you know, nothing big. I just, can you just, we just pray for my kids tonight. And like, absolutely. And just pray over them. Pray over their destiny. Pray over their assignment. Pray over their health. Pray over their schoolwork. Pray over all of those different things. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong or nothing's going sideways. And then, of course, when there are issues, pray about those too. But I really want to encourage you. To pray for your kids continually and pray together over them on a regular basis. Philippians chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I tell you what, anxiety is rampant in our culture and for parents in particular, our kids, it's so easy to get wrapped around the axle and dealing. With our kids, but one of the things to keep that anxiety level dealt with is praying regularly. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, means it goes beyond understanding. We so many times we want peace that we understand, but there are times we need peace even when we don't understand. It says, we'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus.
1: Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful so in all honesty all this boils down to our bottom line and our bottom line today is united we grow united as a family your family will be united when the two of you are united it's easy for everybody to all the little ducklings to just follow in a row and follow when you two are united and you're united with the Lord
0: for sure And this is a place that so many times that even if there's so much tension and whatnot, and you, as a couple, maybe you're having a hard time praying about anything else. You you have kids. You're like, we care about the kids. We want God. Let's at least just pray together about the kids. And it can be real simple. But i tell you what, man. Good things happen when we connect. Folks, our highest and our best life is found in simply being a child of God. It really is. When it's all said and done. That's what we want to do is grow in being a child of God. And so in this, because that is our highest and best calling, the way we step into being a child of God is embracing him as father. So I want to create a moment here and now. And I know we've talked a lot about parenting, and I know we've talked a lot about some practical stuff. But in that, we've still hit on the concepts that God wants to be our father and he wants to to be active in our life, and and his influence matters. And that we talked earlier about God loving us so much that He gave Jesus, and He gave Jesus to reconcile us to Himself. So even in the middle of this parenting message, I believe the heart of God has been put forth that He wants to be a, a father, and He wants to be actively involved in our lives. So I want to create a quiet moment. And if you're here today, and you've been a you've feel disconnected from God, you feel away from God, you, you believe that, that today you see that God's not this angry deity who's so upset with you about what you've done and the decisions you've made, but he's a heavenly father who has compassion and wants to draw you to himself. And that he did that through sending Jesus, and that Jesus paid the price. Jesus. Dealt with everything so that you could be reconciled to God in Christ. And if you believe that this morning and you want to embrace that. I want you to just lift your hand and we want to pray with you. Awesome. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Believers, I want you to just pray as we pray out. I'm going to lend you some words if you just raised your hand. And I'm I'm just going to lend these to you. And we're going to pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you that you love me so much that you sent Jesus, that you were in Christ, making things right, reconciling me to you. And today I am your child, and you are my father, and I embrace that. I'm going to let you be daddy to me. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. But you're my daddy, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You want to go ahead and stand up? I'm going to call our our prayer team forward. And um, anyways, uh, you know, today may be a good day to do it. Today may be a good day to just come and no pressure, no issues. And just pray with one of our prayer team over your kiddos. And so, um, you know, if you have any other prayer needs whatsoever, they're here for you as well. But uh, today may be a good day to just pray over the kids. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your goodness and your love for us. We're so thankful that you see us first and foremost as your kids, Lord. And we want to grow in what that means to simply be your child, Heavenly Father. Lord, as we go out of here, Lord, just let us remember that it's you, Heavenly Father, who are the author and the finisher of our faith, that you're at work in us every day. Lord, as we purpose to know you better and trust you more as we go out of here, looking to you in Jesus' name.